Coming up on Stew Does America, Jason Buttrill was with us on set last night as we covered the election until the wee hours of the morning. We'll see which one of us dozes off first. And the Blazes Leon Wolf is here to give us his reading of the election thus far and what we can expect moving forward. Come join us on YouTube. Subscribe to the channel by searching My Name Stu. And, you know, I'll be the first one there. Subscribe. It's cool. Or listen to us on podcasts and skip the whole face thing. Head to your favorite provider and be sure to leave a rating and review. Five stars is the appropriate number of stars for the rating, by the way. And finally, as we proved last night during election coverage, conservative media is not gone. In fact, we're just ramping up. Become a team member right now with a Blaze TV subscription. Just head to blazetv.com slash stew and use the promo code stew because that's how they know you like this stupid show and you'll save 10 bucks. Well, the election is over. <laughs> uh, just kidding. We're in for an infuriating wait as we try to figure out who the next leader of the free world is. With that in mind, let's do the day after. Stu does America. Here we are, the day after. And really the day of, because we were doing this until the middle of the night last night, the election coverage. I mean, I, look, we did a great job. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to toot our own horn. The coverage was fantastic, uh, and it was much better than anything that happened on CNN. Uh, that being said, the, the news is mixed, I, I suppose, is the way to look at this. I just want to kind of take you through where we are right now, uh, because we're trying to figure this out as we go. And uh, everything's still kind of up for grabs at some level. Let me show you the big map right now. Uh, right now, we have it at... 253, 214 for Joe Biden in the lead. Now, he's not at 270 yet. It was what he needs to do to become president of the United States. As you know, if you, as you look at this map, uh, there is that sort of blue wall that has always been discussed, which is Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Michigan. Uh, and you include Pennsylvania in there as well. Now, up, up in that region, Minnesota went relatively quickly for Joe Biden. Uh, I was never a believer that Minnesota was going to flip anyway, even though it was pretty close in 2016. In Wisconsin and uh, Michigan, Wisconsin was very, very close. Uh, the uh, state has announced they have no more votes to count. They will go through a canvassing process and a confirmation process over the next few days. But at this point, Joe Biden is about 20,000 votes ahead of Donald Trump. Trump has already talked about going for a uh, recount, and he has the uh, legal right to do that. He should do it, honestly, and when the stakes are this high. And so he will go through a recount process. I, uh, Scott Walker, the governor of that state, uh, the former governor of that state, did point out they've done two statewide recounts recently. And in those two recounts, about 300 votes were overturned in one of the elections and 131 were overturned in the other one. So to or, or change sides. So to get to 10,000, 20,000 votes is, as he put it, a very high hurdle to clear. It, is, uh, it seems very unlikely that state has been called by pretty much everybody now for Joe Biden. Michigan is the most recent call that has happened uh, as you've uh, maybe we're taking a nap uh, <laughs> after a very late night last night. Michigan has been uh, called for Joe Biden as well. Now, Donald Trump is suing right now to try to stop the count in uh, that state. And he is going to uh, try to uh, figure out a way to look at those ballots and see if there's any legal pathway for him to hold Michigan because, you know, you get 16 electoral votes is a big deal there. Uh, with all those calls, you have it at 253 to 214. We 
have a bunch of states to go through here and kind of give you uh, a little bit of a rundown of states that aren't called. So let's do that now. We'll start off with the easiest of the easy. Uh, This is Alaska. Now, Alaska isn't called because the votes are all arriving by dog sled or something. I don't know how the state works. Uh, They actually don't even aren't even going to start counting the absentee ballots until I think the 10th of November. So, I mean, this one is a, a, a technicality. Donald Trump is going to win this state. I'm calling it right now, uh, although the official account has not been happening there. The vote is uh, 63 to 32. That's another one that's interesting for the Senate, as Dan Sullivan uh, will likely win there as well. Uh, th- it was sort of a stretch target for Democrats who thought in a Biden wave sort of election, maybe they had a shot at Alaska, maybe had they had a shot at that Senate seat. Not going to happen. was not a, a Biden wave election, as uh, some people on the left were hoping for. Um, next up, let's do North Carolina. Now, North Carolina, It was an interesting start of the evening. If you didn't watch last night, North Carolina was one of three states that were essentially the first big tests for Donald Trump. Is he going to be is this a Biden wave election? Well, if Donald Trump started losing uh, these three early states, uh, it could have been. Uh, The first one was Florida, which Donald Trump uh, outperformed himself uh, from 2016, did very well there. Uh, Second one was North Carolina. North Carolina right now is at 50.09% for Donald Trump. Joe Biden is at 48.69%. There's still some uh, outstanding vote, though not much. Uh, I expect North Carolina to stay with Donald Trump. It is going to be close, uh, but I think Trump is going to hold on to this. Probably the bigger question here is the Senate seat currently held by Tom Tillis who's trying to hold on there and is running a point or so behind Donald Trump in North Carolina. That one's going to be very, very close. Next up, we have Georgia. Georgia is a a different story. Georgia uh, looked like Trump was leading for a while, and he still leads in the count. Right now, we have 50.08% for Donald Trump, 48.7% for Joe Biden. The issue there is like there's something like 160,000 votes outstanding. Those 160,000 votes, um, the the gap between the two candidates is about 60,000 votes. So Joe Biden would have to win, you know, roughly two thirds, about 70 percent of those votes. Uh, They are all pretty much from Atlanta. Uh, So he could win 70 percent of the votes. It's possible that Joe Biden comes back and and snags Georgia in a in a recount sort of margin. I mean, if he does do it, it's going to be very, very close. If that does happen, Donald Trump is not going to be the president of the United States. He has to hold on to Georgia. It's going to be very, very, very close. But again, Trump is not out of this yet. Um, we'll keep going to Pennsylvania. Now, Pennsylvania is the same type of thing. And this, this, this situation happens between, it was Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Michigan. Uh, they did the reverse of Florida. So to, to lay these scenarios out and how you may have experienced the election last night, and we talked about this a little bit on the coverage last night, Florida counted all of the early vote. Uh, and then released it at the beginning of the night. The early vote was pro-democratic. So what you saw in Florida was a early lead for Biden. And as they counted the, the election day vote, Trump chipped away at it, took a lead and finished ahead. That's how that state played out to us as sort of like, you know, movie viewers. We're in the cinema. We're watching the movie. That's our storyline. Right. 
in those, those northern states, the exact opposite happened. So one, I mean, and I think this is a ridiculously dumb rule, but one of the state laws in Pennsylvania uh, is that you can't start counting absentee ballots or early vote uh, ballots until Election Day. So at 7 a.m., they wake up on Election Day and start the counting. This is why it's taking them so long. So the cinematic sort of uh, arc of that storyline is going to be uh, early on, you're going to get, they actually are releasing not the early vote first, but the, the election day vote first. So what you saw was a big Trump lead develop and it slowly get uh, chipped away at. It was, I think, 15 or 16 points last night. Right now, Pennsylvania is a six, uh, five, about a five point lead, actually. 52% for Donald Trump, 46.8% for Joe Biden. The votes are coming from places like Philadelphia and Pittsburgh. They're coming in uh, at high percentages for Joe Biden. Uh, So we're going to go and watch that one very closely uh, as well. Uh, Over to Nevada. Now, Nevada is a state that uh, that really uh, Biden has led the entire time by the thinnest of margins. Right now, it's 588,000 votes to 580,000 votes. 49.33% to 48.69% is where we have it now. And Nevada is very slow with their vote count. And so this stuff inches out. And, you know, there's not a huge amount of electoral votes there, six. But they could be a very important six for one of Trump's pathways. Finally, looking at Arizona. Arizona, one of the most controversial states of the night. Fox News called it very, very early. Uh, Eventually, the Associated Press has called it as well. Uh, Right now, the vote looks like this. Uh, Joe Biden at 1.4 million votes, 51 percent. Donald Trump at 1.318 million, uh, 47.64 percent. There is still hundreds of thousands of votes here. Uh, that are out that are outstanding it it, a lot of them come from maricopa county Uh, they that is a uh, county that uh, joe biden is leading i think it's 52 46 so he has a a lead but not a huge lead there Uh, the trump administration trump campaign believes they've got the votes there they keep saying this over and over again we have the votes there we know where these votes are coming from we have the votes it's tough to tell with campaigns right they they always say they have the votes it's kind of constant um, but uh, it's a competitive state and was, I think, pretty clearly too early of a call by Fox News and maybe by the Associated Press, too. There was a data error that we found out about later um, that showed basically they thought it was 99 percent of the vote was in. So actually only more like 86 percent of the vote. And that's why there's these hundreds of thousands of votes they're looking at now uh, and trying to, to nail it down. So those, those are the states that are outstanding right now. If you kind of look at, can we get to bring up the big map one more time of the Electoral College? One of the things you're looking at is a path for Donald Trump, and there's multiple paths here. Okay, so Joe Biden, if he wins Arizona and uh, Nevada, which he is favored in right now, uh, Joe Biden will be president of the United States. It doesn't matter what happens in Pennsylvania. It doesn't matter what happens in Georgia or North Carolina. Now, there are the legal challenges. I'm not going to price those in right now because usually they're long shots. They're a little bit of a Hail Mary. There's some possibility. Obviously, one of them could work and maybe a state could change, but very unlikely. Nevada and Arizona are not called by DDHQ and, and several others. But if if Biden holds on to those two states as they believe they will, he will have 270 electoral votes. Um, it, Biden has another path, uh, which is picking off something like Georgia, which would put him Uh, right over the line, and it wouldn't matter what happened in those other states. Pennsylvania would do the same thing. So you see here that Biden has many paths to get this done. However, if 
Donald Trump can can kind of run the table here. If he wins Pennsylvania, he's at uh, what's a 234. Uh, he wins North Carolina and Georgia. If he can keep uh, if he can keep Joe Biden from one of those two states out west, Nevada or Arizona, it's going to keep him under 270. He needs to basically sweep all the remaining states with the exception of one of those West Coast states. Can't lose anything on the East. Got to win all of them if he's Trump. And he's got a slight lead in the uh, most southern uh, two, Georgia and North Carolina. And he has a larger lead in Pennsylvania, but dwindling fast as the vote is getting counted. And again, it's you're going to hear a lot of stuff. Let me end with this. You're going to hear a lot of stuff online. You're going to hear a lot of stuff about uh, votes, votes being stolen and controversies and stuff. It's up to us, of course, to look at these things as individual matters and not just believe them because we want them to be true. I know this audience does that already, but maybe people around you won't. So it's important to look at this stuff and look at it rationally. Look, we all believe all these votes should freaking count. If a, and it's not just about a vote being cast. It's a vote being cast legally. If a vote is cast legally, it should count whether it's good for our cause or not, period. That's the way this is supposed to work. And I think that's the way the American people want it to work. This is an important process. It's a sacred part of the best country on earth. So I really want it to work well. We do need to have a longer conversation about how these things play out because a big part of the confidence and the, the ability for a d- democracy, and, and, and I say that in quotes, the democratic aspects of a republic, for those things to operate correctly, it, it requires faith from the voters. It requires faith from the citizens. And I'll tell you, you know, we keep running these things into the ground and letting all this nonsense happen. People will lose that faith. We're going to take a break and come back on the other side with more on the election talk. It's the day after. And I don't know how many days the day after is going to be, but it could be a while. Back in a second. Oh, man, it's time. It's time. You know what? It's the day after the election. It's time to shed election weight. Now, you might say election weight. What the hell is that? I mean, I've heard of like a holiday weight or I've heard of, you know, the freshman 15. There's a lot of there's a lot of times we just make random excuses to gain weight. But when you're in the media and you have to do a nonstop election craziness for day after day after day after day, you get the election weight. And man, I'm feeling it. I got to get back on the fast blast. Fast blast is a great program. I know when I'm on fast blast, I can lose weight every day. And think about that. When you, when you, when you go on a diet, you're usually you're, you don't feel like you're eating enough and you feel like you're doing all the sacrifice and you're getting nothing out of it. Well, with Fast Blast, you lose weight, and I notice it every single day on the scale. Every day. There's a difference. Uh, they have a new app called Fasten, and this is all about intermittent fasting. If you don't know anything about it, Fasten's a great place to start. F-A-S-T-E-N. The app is free. Uh, it does all the tracking for you so you can make it easy. kind of gamifies weight loss, which is, makes it kind of fun. Um, I really like it because it's got the little countdown clocks and everything. It's really cool. Um, and they have all the great information and the social media kind of connections you can make with other people to make your, your Fast Blast experience the best possible. We always tell you to do your own homework. I urge you to learn more about fasting with the free Fasten app. F-A-S-T-E-N. Fasten. Just go to uh, fastblast.com slash blaze for the free app to get started today. Or you can honestly just go to your web store or your app store on your phone, wherever you uh, wherever you are, it's going to be there. F-A-S-T-E-N, the Fasten app. Grab it. It's really cool and it can help you lose all those election LBs. 
Welcome back to the program. Leon Wolf, managing editor for The Blaze. Long night last night. Leon, how are you holding up? Oh, I'm doing just fine. I'm doing just fine. I think, um, you know, we've been given a little bit of a respite here. We've been led to believe that there will probably not be a significant more a significant amount of additional results, at least until, I think, 9 p.m. Eastern from Arizona is the next expected batch of results. So we're all taking a little bit of a breath here and kind of collecting ourselves and seeing where we are. What's your 50,000-foot view of what you've seen so far? Well, I mean, you know, Trump has a path to victory, but it certainly is a narrow one. It, it, it certainly would require a lot of things to kind of fall in his direction all at once. Uh, you don't want to rule it out whenever Trump is under consideration. He tends to kind of bend the normal rules of politics. But right now, uh, he certainly does seem to be behind the eight ball. And, and I'm ruling out there, by the way, the potential of any successful legal challenges. I'm just talking about the vote counting for right now. You know, obviously, we'll have to see how those play out in the, in the upcoming weeks. Uh, and and hopefully, uh, hopefully, hopefully not several weeks. Hopefully, it'll be shorter <laughs> than that. But please spare um, us. You know. Yeah, but 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 for now, it definitely looks like uh, you would rather be in Biden's position for sure than Trump's as we head into the home stretch. Yeah, what's your take on looking? I mean, because we're going to get more numbers from Arizona coming up here very soon, uh, and there's a second batch released supposedly around midnight tonight, Eastern. Uh, that state, uh, what a crazy situation with Fox and the early call. The 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 campaign was furious about it. Have you looked into any of that? I mean, because that it does seem like it was a strange moment last night. It definitely was. I, and I, I happened to be watching Fox when they had their decision desk guy come on, who vehemently defended the call, said he was 100 percent certain uh, that there was no way that it was wrong. Uh, he went through his whole statistical analysis. It, it's difficult for somebody in a position like mine because so much of, of the data that we're used to getting is is not coming in in the order and the time frames and what we're used to. Obviously, this election is different from anyone we've ever had in our lifetimes. So, you know, the normal patterns of when votes come in, what do we expect them to say, uh, all have to be thrown out the window. You know, we're making assumptions about, you know, mailed-in ballots and, and, and what do they look like as compared to the regular ballots. And we're also dealing with uh, an electorate, frankly, that appears to be changed in Arizona. So it's difficult to make concrete uh, assumptions there. I, I would say the same thing with respect to Arizona that I would say with respect to Trump nationwide, which is that he certainly is behind. Uh, but I, I, I could put, I could certainly see a scenario in which he wins. Uh, but it would be it would be surprising for for me to see that. And that's part of the reason that I think that that I'm overall would be more bullish on a Biden victory than a Trump victory, because at this point, it certainly looks like Trump has to win Pennsylvania, which I think he's actually in a relatively good position to do. We'll see how that goes at the end of the day. And he has to pick off either Arizona or Nevada at this point and hold Georgia, by the way, which is, is no longer kind of a foregone conclusion. So, um, you know, with Arizona and Nevada looking like difficult halls right now, it's 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 definitely uh, the odds are stacked against him. But as we've learned from so long of watching Trump, you don't want to you don't want to count him out until until the last vote is heard from. Uh, one of the things I think we're seeing almost immediately, and I think because of what you're talking about, where the results are coming out in strange orders, in weird patches where you're seeing giant swaths of vote coming from deeply Democratic areas and the, 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 the public information changing so drastically in a way that we're not used to seeing. 
you're getting lots of claims already of voter fraud. You're getting lots of viral videos. Uh, you know, the, the social networks are, are cracking down on a lot of this. Have you have you have you seen any of this? Do we have anything legitimate as far as a fraud claim goes yet? Or is this at this point all just speculation? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I've certainly seen some things. We actually have some things that we're running down right now uh, with with respect to, to Michigan. I think most of the most of the things we've seen thus far pertain to um, to Michigan, at least the stuff that's credible. The problem that Trump is going to have with respect to Michigan is that it looks like his margin of loss uh, might be outside what we might call the margin of cheating, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's the, the most widely regarded as the worst election theft of all time was the Texas Senate race in 1948 with LBJ and Koch Stevenson. LBJ is considered to have stolen a, a race that he lost by 30,000 votes on election day. Trump is now behind by about 70,000 in Michigan with more or less all the votes counted. That's that's a lot of votes to fraudulently introduce into a race without anyone noticing. And I, and I posted about this on Twitter. I mean, that's basically 14 bankers boxes worth of ballots. If you assume that they're all like tightly packaged and not folded. I mean, if, if they're being presented as ballots, it's probably more than double that. Um, the, the idea that that volume of votes got slipped somehow by, um, you know, uh, election observers is it. It stretches uh, credibility just a little bit. So, I mean, I, I think that there probably were some shenanigans uh, in Michigan. I think there it's probably going to be outside the margin of cheating. I think at the end of the day, whatever is uncovered will probably not be enough that even if it's true would change the result. Wisconsin might be a little bit different in the story. You know, again, 25,000 votes, which is about what Trump is behind right now. It's a lot of votes to fraudulently introduce to a race without somebody noticing. You know, if you look back to compare this to Florida 2000, you know, there we're talking about a margin of 1,500, 2,000 votes. That's that's a margin where you start to think, okay, something might have happened. 25,000 is just a lot. It's just a lot to imagine that you're going to find a credible legal challenge to 25,000 ballots to get them thrown out and flip a state. So that's the problem that Trump is going to have with a lot of these places. I don't doubt for a second that he's going to find credible accusations of irregularities here and there. I just don't think at the end of the day they're going to add up to what the total of his margin of loss is going to be. But we'll see. One of the big focuses of uh, of CNN and all these other uh, networks has been the president's uh, speech last night and how basically they're kind of saying that he claimed victory, which I mean, he kind of did. Um, and uh, he's you know, this is against all norms. I kind of am old enough to remember the 2000 election where George Bush won and Al Gore brought out every single legal thought you could come up with to try to take that election back, including counting some ballots and not others. Uh, they're trying to make this out as if this is a new thing where when you're in a close election, you try everything. I mean, is Trump doing anything out of the norm that the Democrats wouldn't do if they were in the same position? Yeah, no, absolutely not. And I've, I've kind of chuckled. It, it is true that Trump's current argument is directly contradictory <laughs> to like what he's saying in Arizona is the exact opposite of what he's saying in Pennsylvania. Right. That's that's true. But. The man's trying to win an election, and I certainly don't. The Democrats would be doing the exact same thing if the roles were flipped. And so I I assign that, you know, no blame to Trump for, for I mean, the man's trying to win. And I don't, I certainly don't blame him for fighting until the last plausible claim to victory has been exhausted. Uh, 
Uh, we got about 30 seconds left, Leon. Uh, sort of gun to your head here. What do you think happens over the next few days? Do we do we even have a winner? Yeah, I, I think I would guess that probably the race is called for Biden uh, tomorrow or Friday, and then we probably move into the legal challenges. I think I think we're going to end up with a number of 51 or 52 Republicans in the Senate, and I think that the Republicans are probably going to pick up 10 House seats. I think that's going to be how the dust is going to settle at the end of the day. Okay, and the House really hasn't been talked about much at all, but the House still remains in control of the Democrats, correct? Yes, it'll be, but it'll be a narrower margin, and and that's a catastrophe for them, quite yeah. frankly, an absolute catastrophe for the Democrats on the congressional side. They absolutely expected to take the Senate and expand their measure in the House. They were going to do all these things. They're going to push through the Green New Deal. Look, a lot of people, a lot of Trump voters are very upset uh, about the way that the election went out. It looks like he might lose a close one. But I think a lot of the worst impulses that the Democrats might have wanted to be rammed through are already dead. Yeah, I think they've already died before before the new Congress is sworn in. So All right. that at least is I agree. I think that's and that's one of the that's an upside. We'll go over. We'll get positive later on or something, Leon. I appreciate it. Uh, Leon Wolf, uh, managing editor of The Blaze. Thanks for coming on the program. Don't forget to uh, uh, check out Leon's work. And he's going to have all the updates at Blaze uh, uh, on the Blaze of course, don't forget your Blaze TV subscription as well. BlazeTV.com slash Stu. Promo code is Stu. You'll save 10 bucks. Back in a second. Hey, guys, it's National Stress Awareness Day. Are you aware of stress today at all in any way? Have you noticed it? Are you aware of it? Uh, I am. And uh, so just so you know, got some election stories that maybe uh, didn't quite make the top of the news, but I think you should be aware of drugs were the big winner of Election Day. Uh, Actually, maybe that ties into Stress Awareness Day. You can lower your stress with drugs, Um, you know, up to and including a lot of, uh, you know, uh, medical marijuana things passed. But also uh, now they've decriminalized uh, every drug, including like heroin and meth and everything in Oregon, which is a, a completely expected response to the summer where half their city was cities were on fire the entire time. Uh, and now they've just gone like, ah, well, just legalize all drugs. That should should work well. Uh, North Dakota had a really awful situation, in which they had a legislative candidate who died of coronavirus in October and was then elected. So now they have to replace him. Uh, and that's going to be happening soon. Gap has deleted a tweet featuring a bipartisan hoodie because, quote, it was just too soon for this message. <laughs> See, the thing is, it's fine if it's the Democrats, uh, because if the Democrats win, then they can have this message and act like they really care about the other side. A dog named Wilbur was elected mayor of a Kentucky town. He's adorable and he should have won. I, I completely uh, I completely agree with that. And uh, and if you don't know the big story of the election, we have that all broken down for you in this video, which may very well be the most American video ever created. Family stealing the election. The media is covering up. The Biden crime family stealing this election. The media is covering up. The Biden crime family stealing this election. The media is covering up. We want our freedom for the world. Give us our freedom, Joe Biden. Joe Biden is covering up this election. He's stealing it. In other news, uh, there you go. I don't know how you do better than that. A guy in a barbecue beer and freedom shirt saying the Biden crime family family stealing the election with his mask half on. I mean, do you get any more American than that? God bless the United States of America. Back in a second. (laughs) 
All right, there's a new book out, Not Free America. You can uh, check it out. It's from Mike Donovan. Mike Donovan, he's been fighting tyranny for years as the founder of the nation's largest pro bono civil rights law firm. In his new book, Not Free America, he talks about how the Bill of Rights has been uh, under attack long before COVID-19 or George Floyd or any of the things that have been going on over the past crazy year. It's been a long time. And if you refuse to surrender your liberty uh, to the government or really any earthly power whatsoever, you need this book. Not Free America uh, goes after trying to solve the solution or solve the issue, excuse me, and bring a solution uh, for the problem of the government using its citizens and, you know, creating a society uh, that uh, is not conducive with what the founders wanted. NotFreeAmerica.com. You can go there now. Take the Liberty Pledge. Order your copy. Uh, today, find out how to stop the overreaching abuse of government and what actions you can take to do better. Um, how do we make it better? Well, go to NotFreeAmerica.com. Check out their ideas. NotFreeAmerica.com is the place to go. You can order your book there, NotFreeAmerica.com. All right, returning to the program, Jason Buttrell. He's head writer and researcher for the Glenn Beck program. Jason, uh, did you secretly medicate self-medicate uh, in the chad prather studio uh, <laughs> how much alcohol was flowing in there so i didn't i didn't partake at all last night because mm-hmm. I, I knew i was gonna have a hard time getting through the only thing i partook of was a whole lot of monster a whole lot of red bull <laughs> yeah so we're literally i got home uh, i think around 3 30 i could not go to sleep till past four i was still like i was laying in bed going like this yeah, there's a lot. You just do what you do to get through that coverage, and then you realize I'm not no position to go to bed. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, yeah. I mean, it was it was it was a crazy night, uh, and you know, it, it it was dramatic. I think it was a dramatic night. Uh, Trump passed those early tests, you know, especially Florida with flying colors, and looked like it might be a good night. It's gone. We've had this roller coaster up and down since. Where, where where's your head right now? Um. I had to I had to sit in the other studio and I had to watch the coverage from CNN. I've got a lot of things to complain about, especially there's been a lot of people on the right that I've been seeing today that have been saying that they were very proud of the way CNN did the coverage. And I was like, what were you watching? <laughs> were you watching maybe highlights and not the whole thing of something else? Because I don't I didn't see that at all. So what was the name of the guy that was doing the John King King John King's like the big star uh, like is cable news guy out of this one for some. And he's yeah. been doing this for 100 years. I don't know why this time people are noticing him. Yeah, well, they're like, he did such a great job. I caught him both me and Sarah watching it pretty intently. And we caught him multiple times say what we need to do to win you know, North Carolina, what we need to do. And he was talking about Joe Biden. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it, it was very much a Joe Biden watch, not a not a election watch. I got no problem with him saying what they need to do to win this and going yeah. through their path, mm-hmm. but then be equal. Then what what Trump has to do to yeah. win this, that was absent. <laughs> that was nowhere to be seen. And then as you're talking about like the, the wins, like the Florida, you know, Texas, it was well into the a.m. before they turned the little map to red there. When everyone knew the outcome. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Why are you inflating the size of the electoral voting uh, vote for Biden over Trump? It made no sense to me. Yeah, as a as a as a person who's had to do essentially the John King role in multiple elections now over the past twenty years, uh, except with magnets and no cool screens. Uh, I don't get the touch screen. They never give me a touch screen. They give me an iPad. <laughs> I said there were stupid magnets. You can touch the uh, magnets and put them up there. You want a screen? It's a weird thing, though, to call states because, like, you're conflicted, I think, a little bit in that, like, I calling a state means, you know, 
the drama leaves, right? So as a person who's trying to put on interesting programming, you'd almost rather keep it open. Yeah. On the other side, like you want to call you want to call states for your own side because you want your side to win. And, you know, unlike John King, I will admit when I have a side, you know, I, I don't mind telling you. Um, but it's like people get so pissed off about it. I mean, people were pissed last night at Fox News for yeah. calling Arizona early, yeah. which I don't know what that did to the like if they're wrong, that's really, really bad. I don't know that anyone I don't know that it costs you any votes when a state's get a state gets called like that. But it, it, it hurts the momentum of the evening, I think. There was the yeah, there was the Arizona, there was the weirdness with Virginia that was just strange. Yeah. It was I mean, they're calling it and everyone's looking at it and they're like, wait a minute, you know, like Trump is clearly leading right now. I get it's a projection. Yes. So right. that's what they're going off of. But if that's the case. Okay, be even with it. Look at the frickin' projection for Texas. They were saying for the longest time, oh my gosh, could Texas flip? Get out. You've been doing this for years. You know it's not. When I, I pulled up the map and I was looking at it, everything was coming from Travis County, Harris County, Dallas County. That's, if you're not fear of Texas, that's uh, Dallas, that's um, Austin, that's Houston. The, the, those are blue areas. Yeah. None of West Texas was on there. None of those had been reported yet. That's all oil country, like Midland, Odessa, those places. Those, that's not Biden country. Yeah, you laid that out last night really well, I thought. And that, so like, ridiculous. You, know, you look at this and it's just like, there is a world just last election where Ted Cruz only beat Beto O'Rourke by 2.6 points. It, you know, you, there was a world where that, that race could have been competitive and it was relatively competitive. It was like five or six points. I mean, it wasn't like a complete blowout like we've seen in the past with other uh, Republican presidential candidates, but still it was a, a situation where it did seem relatively early that Texas was going to hold. Yeah. Um, I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, the transition integrity product uh, project. Yeah. Because we know that the, the left has been mapping out what could happen in this situation for a while. And, you know, hearing you and hearing Glenn over the uh, months talk about this, this a lot of us felt very familiar last night. Uh, scarily so. Mm. And I've been watching everything go down. I just went through. Actually, I brought some notes directly from my nerdy research desk um, and highlighted some things. This is actually... Page one of, not the entire thing, but this is page one and two of the actual scenarios. There were four scenarios. So their very first scenario was what they thought was actually going to happen. Like, this is the most likely outcome. And just I'll just read directly from it. Uh, the first game investigated a scenario in which the outcome of the election remained unclear after election night throughout gameplay. Check. That, that, that's exactly what happened tonight. Mm -hmm. um, they said that uh, it was going to hinge on three states, North Carolina, Michigan, and Florida. Well, Trump took North Carolina, that, that, that one. Still not called, but yeah. A little bit up in the air. Michigan, exactly there. Florida, they, they, they got wrong, but that, that was a safe bet because Florida is always pretty much down to the wire. Mm -hmm. um, they, they didn't put in uh, Wisconsin. Wisconsin was, they were clearly identified, trying to, it's almost like they put all the swing states. Yeah, you're, but you're picking a few swing states. Basically, like the, the election comes down to a few swing states that are very close. Right. So, but their, their, their thing, their, I guess, analysis of this was that, and it's something that gave me a flashback to what you were showing a scenario last night. They were looking at a very, very possible 269, 269 electoral college tie. That's what they were game planning for. Mm. That's what they thought was going to happen. Um, they predicted that a blue shift occurred during the game, whereby what it looked like Trump was going to win was starting to, uh, to sweep. But then a second turn would come in showing a Biden win. Mm -hmm. Again, that's what happened. Yep. Exactly what happened. Exactly what happened. Now, well, now, I mean, it's, and we should be clear, it hasn't happened yet. 
but it, that is the the direction as we sit here right now. You, you take a look at, you see things like this and you, and you see, there's a lot of questions that need to be answered, I believe, uh, in this. And I think the Trump campaign, Trump, all his lawyers, they're going to do this. They're looking into Michigan. We already know he's doing that. He's looking into Wisconsin. Um, when those two places in particular, Michigan and Wisconsin, if you look at the two graphs as the votes are coming in, it's going like this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Trump's a little bit ahead, Biden. Then all of a sudden it stops. And if you laid both graphs right on top of each other about the same time, it shoots up. Mm-hmm. I mean, just shoots up for Biden. Zero votes for Trump shoots up for Biden. I've, I was looking at experts that, ha- that have been involved in uh, recounts in other states, and they said not only does this look kind of statistically improbable, it's statistically impossible. Right, right. Even if you account for human error. You know what I mean? There yeah, still would be one or two votes for Trump. Yeah, sometimes it's data entry, right? And then we saw that at one point. I can't remember which state it was that Joe Jorgensen had like 80% of the voters. <laughs> uh, unfortunately for Joe, that did not happen. Libertarians uh, were like, you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> oh, my God, it's happening. <laughs> you know, so you see this stuff. It does happen occasionally. And, and, like, it's always important to look at these things. When you notice something like that, right, you want to look at it and, like, find out what the possible cause is, see if there's an excuse for it. We're going through that process now. And I think the Trump administration is intelligent the campaign for looking at these things challenging them when they find them we you know i I, i'm tired of i've watched a little cnn today and they're (laughs) acting like you know last night donald trump came out and made this speech where he said he won and then listen to joe biden joe biden's speech is like he's saying like we need to have all the votes counted well it's because joe biden's winning right like joe biden is thinks that if all the votes are counted he's going to win so he's sitting there saying like oh i can be all above this where trump is looking at this and being like i need to challenge this stuff or I, i might not be able to win so he's pushing the other way we all were here watching in 2000 when the exact opposite thing played out when george w bush won the election and al gore had to come in here and say make up all these bs excuses as to why they should be recounted and some votes shouldn't be recounted like it's the exact same thing and now they're acting as if trump's exclusively alone in the idea that he's going to challenge every little aspect of this election that's just nonsense yeah and that's a little wordplay from the left right there in the biden campaign of course everyone wants every vote counted But let's put the caveat, the little asterisk, every legal vote counted. There's a big difference there. Big difference. Anyway, um, going through, you mentioned some of those, uh, the Trump campaign declaring victory. Biden, uh, through his lawyer, basically declared victory. Um, But the Transition Integrity Project called that as well. They said Trump would declare victory on election night. Biden would also declare a victory. (laughs) So we're just going straight down the line. Um, This is where it starts getting kind of crazy. So they said that officials from both parties would look to overturn results in key states, including seeking to use friendly state legislators and governors to send alternate or additional sets of electors. Now they're looking further down the line. Um, They even go as far as to talk about some stupid false flag operation where a, a, a Trump supporter destroys votes. And they're specifically talking about Michigan. And they say they destroy votes uh, in one of these mail-in counting places. And that is the excuse that the governor of Michigan will use to send his own set of electors for Biden. Now, you look at some of the videos now, there's going one right now. They are very nervous at the Detroit uh, absentee ballot counting location to the point to where they're putting up barriers so people can't look inside. Yeah, which is why, I mean, they have... (laughs) windows and walls why do they need to put up barriers over the windows right like it just it just it's the exact opposite of what you would want when you're talking about transparency uh, again a lot of this we we forget because we're spoiled here in america 
that these electoral norms are built on the idea that people have trust in them. Yeah. When people lose trust in them, they can go away. They've yeah. gone away all over the world. You know, you've been you've been in the middle of these freaking, you know, firefights all over the world for for control of countries. Yep. I'm not going to say how many coups you've launched over all over the all over the world, but it's it's handful. handful like, I would say at least a dozen. <laughs> My point is this is stuff that, you know, is it, this can get scary here. And in this project, which is basically they're wargaming all of these scenarios, right? Um do they have? Uh, do they have a? Is there a legal thing they're going to try to do here? What 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 happens next? So, they. I'll skip. I'll, I'll mention really quick that every single one of these scenarios, the Biden campaign calls in thousands and thousands of protesters to hit the streets. That is the very next thing after the elector fiasco. Mm-hmm. So now we're looking into the future. Now we're looking into today plus fourteen yeah, right. whatever days. It ends like this. They say, and I'll just quote this really quick. There was no clear clear resolution of the conflict in the January 6th joint session of Congress. They're taking this all the way to January 6th to Congress. Um, The uh, partisans on both sides were still claiming victory, leading to the problem of two claims to commander-in-chief power at noon on January 20th. So they are expecting this to go all the way through January 20th with both sides saying we're the president. (laughs) Holy crap. That's what they're expecting. Please no. <laughs> I mean, it's been it's been line by line. Everything happened as it said it was. A few things that haven't happened yet, and that's their ultimate outcome. You guys have been all over this from the beginning. Do you remember the show? What should people go back and watch to kind of watch this entire uh, to learn all about this? Do you remember the name of it or what, what week it was? Okay, so I don't remember. It was uh, it was September thirtieth. Weird. Okay. I don't remember the date, but not the title. Yes, the September thirtieth. So go on demand and watch September thirtieth. Everything is laid out there. It, it's scary, but you need to know this so you're prepared. We've been trying to push this to the GOP and say, just look at this. Yeah. Because they say the specific things that Trump will say and how they're going to react it. If anything, they could have just changed up their word. Like last night, instead of saying we won, that's one of their trigger words. They could, he could have just said, look, we're going to be looking into legal action. We'll analyze everything that looks yeah. strange. That's all he had to say. And that would have dimmed the fires a little bit. Mm-hmm. But no, it happened exactly how they said it was going to happen. Okay. September 30th, the Glenn Beck program on Glenn TV, of course. Uh, make sure you check that out. Glenn, uh, Jason is the head writer and researcher of uh, the Glenn Beck program. And get you on Twitter where? At Jason Butchell. At Jason Butchell. Make sure you do that. Don't forget to uh, support uh, all the research that's going on uh, on Glenn's show and all the shows that we do here out in the Blaze. Go to blazetv.com slash Stu. Be sure to use the promo code Stu because that's how you know. Uh, that's how they know you'll like this stupid show. And you think you'll save 10 bucks? I don't know if the, uh, might, they might still have the $30 thing going. You can check in on that. I don't know. Uh, make sure to check that out. BlazeTV.com slash Stu. Promo code is Stu. Well, speaking of one Glenn Beck of the Glenn Beck program, uh, you know, he's kind of a busy guy. He has a bunch of different uh, businesses he started, and one of which uh, you're watching right now. Another one uh, is called Mercury Real Estate, and that, of course, is the parent company of realestateagentsitrust.com. Realestateagentsitrust.com is the website you go to when you want to buy or sell a home. And you might think to yourself, I know I've been like this before. Like, I don't know. Who do we know that's a real estate agent? Or like you're on like Zillow. And you go to a house, and the real estate agent like that's selling the house is just listed below, so you call them. I mean, that's I don't know, that's what I used to do. You don't need to do that. You get someone who's on your side fighting for you. Uh, a real estate agents I trust.com is the place to go to find that person because they have the best real estate agents there, the people that have been screened already, they've gone through this entire process. 
don't let a big transaction like this uh, go up for chance. You don't, you don't want to risk it. Uh, realestateagentsitrust.com is the place to go. Realestateagentsitrust.com.